Coming to you from the weirdest city in the world, Austin, Texas. This is the Sports Buzz. With your host, Spencer Spillman. God damn it, man. I swear you guys whip on me 13 or 14 more times. I'm out of here. And his co-host, Zach Chandonet. What? Did we just become best friends? Yup! And of course, the extremely unqualified producer, Ballot. I have no idea what I'm doing, but I know I'm doing it really, really well. Time to sit back, crack open a cold one, and enjoy the ride. Here's your host. Oh, I almost forgot. Our favorite expert, Chad Goodall. Oh, you're right. And when you're right, you're right. And you, you're always right. Let's get this thing started. Cheers. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Sports Buzz. I'm your host for the evening, Spencer Spillman. Today is Tuesday, June 19th. I will. You're listening to our show, The Sports Buzz, our podcast. We talk sports and get a buzz on. As always, that buzz is brought to you by the beautiful, the delicious Strange Land Brewery. Ooh, beer for any occasion. A beer for every occasion. A beer for all occasions. Thanks, Dale. You guys might want to get that mic a little more in the middle. Hey, we're not worried about it right now. Okay. We're, yeah, we'll just... we're gingerly touching noses every time we talk into it. So That's fine. Yeah, do y'all, do y'all do your thing. Um, we got a full house tonight. Both my co-hosts. Coach, what's up, man? Uh, hello. And Chad in studio. Hey, buddy. What's up, pal? And, of course, our fearless producer and host of the show, uh, Mr. Ballad. Howdy, fellas. Thanks for hosting us. Is it like a full moonshine or something? You know, having everyone here while it ra- while it's raining. Yeah, like something must be going on. Is there like a free giveaway that I don't know about? There's got to be something. Yeah, I didn't catch any rain on the way down here, so uh, it's a good sign. I actually didn't either. The free, really? The free giveaway is called Welch's Fruit Snacks. Ooh, Ooh I might need to give me a couple of those. No free plugs. Uh, if you're listening, you're listening on SoundCloud and iTunes. Please subscribe on iTunes. Follow us. On SoundCloud, give us some five-star reviews. Let us know how we're doing. Tell your friends about us. Uh, this is our pro show. Uh, we just had Father's Day weekend. We'll get into some of that in show business. We got to catch up on baseball. Obviously, we have neglected that because nobody cares. Well, baseball season just started because <coughs> basketball and hockey just ended. Right, right. At least the coverage of baseball just started. Um, but uh, Ballad, uh, tell us what's going on at the wide world of. Strangeland. Who? Lots of exciting things going on in Strangeland. Adam just shared with me that they're going to start releasing a new beer every month. What? Yes. New beer every month. Uh, I tried one of the ones that's coming out soon. It's called. Actually, I I forgot how to pronounce it. I can uh, maybe write it down. But it's like uh it's a peach something Weizen. Um, I Hefeweizen. No, it's a peach Berlinizen. Something like. Something of that nature. I said it like 10 times in front of him to try to remember, but that was so many hours ago. And uh, he let me try it uh, while we were at the brewery and poured me a pretty pretty healthy glass of this. And I had to go back to work, which made the end of my day very interesting. But um, yeah, new beers coming out every month. He gave me a couple of uh, 
couple of previews of things that come, which I'd love to share with you guys, but of course, confidential information. uh, (laughs) Have to kill us. The sponsor and I. So uh, just be on the lookout. Uh, As you guys know, they are going to be able to be purchased all across the state of Texas in the very near future. So start looking in your stores, start asking for Strangeland uh, so you can drink along with the show. Nice. Well, that's exciting news. I cannot wait. Um, Our other sponsor is Mountain Breeze Campground down in New Braunfels. Uh, Go check out their website, mountainbreezecamp.com. Tubing, camping, rafts, all of the above. Hopefully some of this rain will uh, fill up that river and give us some better floats. Uh, Go check them out. Live music every single Saturday. Follow the brewery at Strangeland Brew on Twitter. Follow us at SportsBuzzTX. Let's go ahead and get into some show business because you guys took way too long last week on intros and show business. So... The show was good, though. That's my favorite part of the show. So All right, we, this we guy from the peanut time. gallery over <laughs> um, I love how it says in show business, everyone here with a question mark. Um, fair enough. We weren't sure if Coach was going to make it. Weather was looking uh, pretty grim. I-, I was sure that he wasn't going to make it. No, motherfuckers. Dale was gone last week. That one's for Dale. Dale. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, D- Dale's back. I'm back, guys. Um, hey, don't make me host another show. I'll do it <laughs> terribly. Uh, Dale, what did what did you think about last week's show and all the things that we did not say? <laughs> I was still in chat on Saturday. We had a lunch with with a buddy of ours, and I actually enjoyed it. I thought it was hilarious. I was laughing along the entire time. Well, I'm sure you did because we we didn't say anything bad about you. No, no, we wouldn't say that. We would never do that. I would never say that. <laughs> it was good. It was good. I enjoyed it. Y'all did well. Um, but, this uh, week, though, I'm shitting all over you. So fair enough. I, I didn't say anything bad last week, but this week it's on. <laughs> yeah, you would never say anything behind my back, but to my face, it's fair game. That's the kind of friend I am. Yep, I like that. Sure. Yeah, you thought they were rain clouds. They're full of shit. <laughs> the shit winds are coming. Uh, all right, Ballad, tell us about the uh, the first bet made in the state of New Jersey. Um, I know you're a big gambling guy. Oh, sorry, Uncle Mac. Un- Uncle Mac. Likes to likes to wager. I myself, I'm more of just a spectator of sports. Okay. Um, well, then in that case, let's get Chad since he was uh, the one to break this story. Since you, you know, no, 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 no. I gotta give this off to the man that <laughs> that that has the uncle here. You know, I, I'll read it because I have it in front of me. That just seems like the appropriate thing to do. That's fair. Wait, all right. So this is the second state. Now you gotta name all these governors in the order of them of them placing bets. Well, of course, we know that. Governor John Carney from Delaware placed the first bet, a $10 wager on the Phillies to beat, who, who was it? For them the Cubs. Beat? The Cubs. That or the guy. Mets or something. I don't Which know. was a cash. The Cubbies. Um, New Jersey got to place their first wager on Thursday, and they went a little bit of a different route, which I'm a little bit mad at, but I also, I can't fault them at all. So New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy placed the first bet at Monmouth Park Racetrack a $20 future on Germany winning the World Cup and a $20 future on the New Jersey Devils winning the Stanley Cup next year. Interesting. So my first thought was, as a governor of a state, the first wager you make cannot be on another country. That is political suicide. Am I wrong? Like, Maybe he's I, German. I, I don't know. In Germany, of all the countries that you bet on, you picked Germany. Well, they One are of the, the de- last countries that we had a war with. They are the defending World Cup champions, so there's that. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't fault that it's a, a 
a, a good bet from a sports side, but the, but, but the political but outfall could be terrible. Here's the deal. During the Cold War, would you have bet on Russia to win anything? Probably not. Yeah, probably, probably not, not a good not. move. No, because there was the USSR, obviously. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's true. There was no Russia. Uh, I, I do like that he he, big, he bigged uh, the, the man down in Delaware and went $20 over the, the small $10 wager that Mr. John Carney plays. And he plays two $20 That's what I'm saying. I like the hedging of the bets here. Smart guy. Smart guy. Well, we'll definitely get into the World Cup talk. and uh, I'm not done with this. So the, Whoa. The, Excuse me. Yeah, sit down, Dale. Sit down. <laughs> so the other thing I, I, I like about uh, Mr. Murphy's... Did you forget how the show works? Mr. Murphy's bet here is that he placed two futures that are far out along that there's only going to be a handful of people tracking whether or not the first wager in New Jersey was a cash or not. Like with... With John Carney, we knew that night whether he was going to be a winner or a loser. Phil Murphy has really kind of pushed this one uh, down the road to see if he's going to be uh, uh, the, the first to get a cash or, or not. So, um, good move there. I, I like that one. Well, I guess that means he listens to the sports buzz because he knows we're following these bets all the way through. We, we, we never let debts go away. I mean, that's just our thing. So, oh, yeah. this, this will be interesting. Um, the third bet made in New Jersey was uh, submitted by State Senator Ray Lisniak, who actually drafted the New Jersey Sportings uh, Beck Act. So he placed $5 on the Eagles to repeat as Super Bowl champions. So all three of their bets were futures? All of them were futures. That That is kind of deplorable. That's pretty soft. Yeah. I mean, I feel like for gamblers and being a real degenerate, you want to know when you lose money right away. Yeah. I mean, I assume every time I make a wager that I'm losing money. But these guys, they have to wait to know. They, they don't have the experience that <laughs> Uncle Mac and I have uh, at the book. So uh, too bad for them. But uh, I, 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 couldn't, I just couldn't even imagine Germany, the first bet <laughs> wagered on uh, in the state of New Jersey. It's, it's pretty funny. It's a little soft. All right. Well, um, can we move on from that? Let's do it. All right. Uh, as we were talking... Um, we don't really have a whole lot to talk about as far as sports go other than baseball. Uh, all of our bets and show bets have been baseball recently. So uh, now that hockey and basketball are done, we need to catch up on baseball. So we do have a special guest, uh, Brad Padilla, calling in tonight, uh, former guest of the show. Uh, so we'll get back on track with baseball. Um, but speaking of baseball, we do have a show bet tonight. We have taken the over of seven runs for the Astros and the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, I felt good about this. Uh, I wanted you to just take the Astros outright because they're on a 12-game win streak, going for a franchise record 13-game win streak. But he said it was too steep a price, which makes sense. I understand. Um, so instead, we just took the over because the Astros score a lot of runs. Yeah, and we, uh, we picked this game because we thought we were going to be able to stream it. Uh, I, I saw that it was streamable on the ESPN website. Uh, what, I, what I didn't realize was it was only streamable through ESPN Plus, which is something I do not subscribe to, dude. And I don't think any of us are, unless you've been holding out on me. Negative. Let, let's be clear, fake stats guy. Uh, you told us you could stream this game, and that's why we chose it. Yeah, well, I, I told you because I was <laughs> under the impression that we could. Um, so, uh, Dale, well, you know, very. Pointed out at the beginning of the show, or I guess before we started recording, that I could have signed up for a seven-day free trial, and we could be watching this game right now. But uh, two things to that: one, no, I'm not going to do that <laughs> out of principle. Um, you know, ESPN, you're getting selfish with with all these streaming things you're trying to offer. And two, 
I'm not going to blow my load on a free trial on a, 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 a Houston game that I don't even care about. I only care about it because we bet on it. And we do best on betting on baseball when we're watching the game cast, which is exactly what we're watching tonight. We are 1-0 when betting on games that we can only game cast. So I'm feeling good about about this one. You should tonight. be feeling good because right now it's bottom of the first. Astros up to the plate at home. Uh, one out. They have the bases loaded. Um Ooh. They've walked, they've walked uh, two or three guys already. Uh, whoever's on the mound might be getting pulled right now. He's not, not faring well. Um, he's already walked the bases loaded. So 0-0. Zero, zero. We'll keep you guys up to date on the show bet. But uh, let's talk about some Father's Day. Ballad, you had a, a pretty eventful weekend. You were out of town, huh? Tell us about your Father's Day weekend. I drove up to Dallas, spent Father's Day with the fam. Uh, helped my dad cross something off of his bucket list, which was to play a round of golf with all three of his sons. That was the first time that we had done that as a uh, as the men of the family. Um, for those who, those who don't know, uh, Mitchell, my middle brother, worked at a driving range in high school, hmm. and now my youngest brother Andrew works at said driving range as a, a junior in high school as well. Um, I did not work at a driving range. I worked at a farmer's market. I don't know how I didn't get the, the, <laughs> the idea or the, the mention that you could work at a driver's lane uh, range back then, but I did not. So uh, my dad decided that the, the, the we played a, two, uh, a scramble. Uh, my dad and him, and him versus uh, Andrew and Mitchell. Figure you put the two guys. You mean you and your dad? Yeah. What did okay. I say? You my said your dad and, and him. him. Dad and me. Him, me, and the third person. Um, versus my brothers, which was the Mulligan, versus my other brothers, and right before we start the round, Mitchell also lets me know that he recently just got a a country club membership. <laughs> like he's been hitting free range balls for a month and playing half price afternoon golf since he got this thing. That that mock draft blog must really took off. Yeah, I, I guess so. I mean, he must be doing very <laughs> very well. Um, but my dad and I stuck in it. We were trailing pretty much the entire round by. You know, one or two strokes. We took the lead around hole seven and then quickly lost it. Uh, three putting uh, a par five, which was... An, That'll hurt. Yeah, not yeah. that's going to hurt. Um, we went into the turn, down two strokes. We figured this... We're, we're really paying for a tie right now. Um, going into 17, we were somehow uh, minus one on them. And on 17, I only, I only lost four golf balls the entire time we played. And this is the first time I'd played golf in over a year. And on 17, within 40, probably 40 to 60 yards of the green, I somehow managed to lose two balls. Impressive. Happens. We three putt for a double bogey on 17, literally trying to give it away to my brothers. And Mitchell and Andrew, and Mitchell by this time was, was, Way drunker than he probably should have been at, at, at you know, 11 a.m. Uh, my, my goal... <laughs> he very has clearly has not been to the country club enough. Well, my goal going into the match was that I need to get in Mitchell's head and continue buying him beers. If I could do those two things, that we can we have a chance to, to get a win. So um, they also uh, three-putt on 17 to, to keep us a uh, stroke ahead. And then on 18, uh, we have a five-put putt to to guarantee us the win to lock it up and uh, i miss it left and then my dad walks up in movie-like scenery 
and drain, ice water in the veins and drains it to bring on the championship. So pretty cool moment for my dad. Cool moment for the all the boys, but a, you know, for me, a sweet moment to stick it to my brothers after they've been playing golf pretty frequently over the past. Year. Oh yeah, they got just end it now. Don't play again with them. Yeah, that's like Dale. You Go know, I, I, I beat Dale in golf twice. I, I don't ever play with them again. Sure. You don't want to. You don't want to find me on a golf course. You don't want that. That'd be real bad for you. I can't. Be real bad for you. Yeah. Uh, that was my that was my very long Father's Day story. Oh, that's good. It's good. Uh, your dad said there's a thirty for thirty coming out pretty soon. Looking forward to that. Yeah. Chad, 30, 30. you and I hung out on Saturday. What did you guys and you and the family do on Sunday? So uh, went out to the pops place, uh, out in good old Georgetown, and uh, brought Rudy's because uh, it's always the meal of champions. Mm-hmm. Did that? Watched a little bit of the UT baseball game until the rain delay, and then. Uh, Went on home. So, uh, pretty uneventful in the fact that we didn't do much, but it was always a good time to just hang out with the Pops on Father's Day. For sure. Coach? Hey, Papa Doodle Doo, you know, uh, <laughs> my stepdad was pretty busy. They had some stuff going on with his dad, so they did that. But uh, Emily and I made it out to her parents' place, uh, had some delicious sides, and of mm. course, burgers and brats. Nothing like a good old cookout on uh, Father's Day. So, oh, yeah. really simple. Stayed in, watched some some World Cup matches, uh, and then watched the baseball game up until the rain delay as well. So, uh, pretty uneventful, but uh, a really good Father's Day weekend. So, I feel like burgers and brats is a go-to for dads. It's Dude, good enough. It's the- easy, simple, and on an infrared grill. It's too easy. Like 30 seconds? You got to be honest, though. Like 30 men, seconds of burger? We just give a shit about the meat. Like, just yeah. get us the meat. We don't need anything fancy. Just get us the meat, and we're good to go. Yeah. Damn, man, I want to go grill right now. I feel like going home and grilling. Uh, Yeah, I didn't really do anything either. Um, Like I said, we went and had lunch with, with some buddies on Saturday, Chad and I, and then uh, Sunday, just, we're going to play golf, and then we just decided that uh, sitting in the clubhouse and drinking all day was a better choice because we had u.s open and texas baseball so we just got drunk and loud and yelled and talked shit with a bunch of uh country club members it was a good time sounds nice yeah yeah it was good um all right what do we got next ballad next we have our returning guest mr bapadilla you guys may remember that uh he called in last year to catch us up on baseball he's gonna do the same uh, this year, and and this is going to kick off a series of guests over the next couple of weeks who are going to do their best to uh, not only catch us up on the different storylines going on going in on baseball, but also keep us interested in in what's happening in baseball because uh, we need storylines to these sort of things. As a home run is hit by the Astros, no, that that would be the Rays. Oh, that was the Rays. Yeah. Wait, so that oh That's my good. That's good for us. Well, it's good. Yeah. Well, I'll take the runs, but so. The bases were loaded up, and they couldn't do anything with it. No, they flight out to right, and then Springer got gunned down from right field, trying to trying to tag up and score. See, I was so focused on my amazing. Yeah, you were telling story. a really good story, and, so I just uh, let you go. Miss that whole action, go. So, but I am a fan of GameCast now. Fireworks for a home run. Yeah, they're really doing doing it big right now. Yeah, ESPN spared no expense on the GameCast. Um, <clears throat> so should we should we kick it over to Mr. Brapadia? Yeah, let's get let's him on the phone. It. All right, welcoming back onto the sports buzz, our good friend, my old college roommate, Mr. Brad Padilla. Brad, good to have you on, man. Good to be back. 
Appreciate you calling in tonight. We understand that you had a uh, baseball practice tonight. Is that the case? Oh, yeah. Yep, coaching some young kids. Giving it to them, making sure they're uh, – what, what sort of life life lessons are you are you teaching these these young lads on, on the baseball field? Oh, you know, nothing but discipline, right? <laughs> to run and nah, – we're teaching them uh, just good good things that any, sports will te- any sport will teach you. You know, some hard work, dedication, passion, humility. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, it's all about being a good person. So trying to get them – some of those good qualities and, and really working on actually we're trying to teach them to be good hitters to come help out those longhorns. For sure. Well, uh, Brad, we uh, have not been paying attention to baseball at all. Um, so we're hoping you can catch us up to speed on some of the storylines, who's doing well, and some things we should be paying attention to. So, uh, Brad, what do you got for us? All right. Got to talk about the longhorns. No, no, Brad. we're not doing it, Brad. We're no, not doing no, it. No, 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 no. Hey. Brad, Brad, this is, you know how this show works, Brad. This is a pro show, Bradley. We're talking major league baseball. All right, we'll, we'll stick to the pros. But Fucking Brad's and Chad's, dude. They just want to talk about whatever the hell they want. Brad's and Chad's. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I mean, you got to talk some pro baseball. I mean, it's, it's a good time of the year. You're about to get into the All-Star break and, you know, see some trades and you kind of see some things shaking out and some teams who aren't doing it. And, you know, like the Rangers, where I'm, I'm stuck here in Dallas and having to go watch them play and, and just kind of seeing some teams already mail it in. Um, I actually have an opportunity. I got, like, eight preseason tickets whenever I want to go and I don't even want to go watch a game. So... <laughs> So that, that's not very fun. While in Houston, they're just on a major hot streak. And so, you know, you know they're loving it. And then you got, of course, the Yankees are killing it. And the Mariners are killing it in our division with the Astros and Rangers. Um, but I think you're going to see some trades start to happen pretty soon. So, I mean, one big trade that's probably going to happen is, is Habs looking to go from the Blue Jays and they're probably going to trade him pretty soon because he is having an all-star year already. And, and uh, I mean, you see pitching just kind of dominating this year. I mean, there are some good hitting teams, but the teams that are loaded in about three deep in their rotation are, are the ones who are at the top of the divisions. So Hap's one of those guys. And, you know, I know the Yankees aren't getting what they want out of Sonny Gray. And so – you know, they could be a good option. Um, I mean, you know they want to get a lefty but and have variety, but still you can't pass up on a good starter. And, and so they're actually playing tonight, Mariners and Yankees, and, and I know the Mariners are also a good option for that as well. You know, they got Paxton, who's just kind of come out of nowhere, and, I mean, he's kind of doing what he's supposed to, a big left-handed pitcher with throwing like 97. Dude, I would never want to face so, I mean, there's some interesting things. In well, there. hey, hey, Brad, uh, the the big story right now is obviously looking into next year, but Bryce Harper going to New York. Um, what do you think about this this move? Obviously, the Yankees have the, the money to pay, but is this something that's realistic? Is this, is this going to happen? Because if so, that's the scariest lineup in baseball maybe ever. Oh, oh, yeah, I mean, that's super exciting, getting, getting Harper 
to the Yankees, and Harper is all about Showtime, and and uh, and you know, you, of course, you got Stanton and Judge and and Sanchez, and you know, it'd be another. Just I couldn't imagine having four bats in the lineup like that. But I do not think he's going to go to the Yankees. I think you'll probably see. I mean, San Francisco's really hot on him right now. Um, you know, Pence is getting a little older. Um, they're competing right now. San Francisco, you know, it's kind of fallen off for the past couple of years. And they were the ones who wanted to get Stanton signed. So you could see them maybe make a push to get to get Harper. But, yeah, I mean, of course, if he went to the Yankees, that's pretty killer. Was it a mistake for him to shave the beard? Because uh, that was a pretty pretty standstill kind of thing to look at, and now it's gone. Yeah, and he's struggling a little bit. So, I mean, you never cut your facial hair when you're doing good. So, But he's got great hair. Great hair. <laughs> Ballard's a big fan of the hair. He has better hair yeah. now. I saw him as of recent. His, his hair looks better, but it was... It was it was pretty horrific if if I if I can say for the better half of last year. Yeah, yeah, but I mean you see all the kids going to that and that's kind of the look and you got to be on your hair game. That's why I've upgraded to thirty dollar haircuts. So. <laughs> hey, you come down to Austin, come see our girl at uh at a hair nook. She cuts all of our hair. We'll we'll take care of you, Brad. We can get you we can get you a twenty five dollar haircut that'll look just as good as a thirty. Hey, do you get the straight edge though? Well, hey, Brad, our girl does it all, so hair nook, remember it. Um, but, you know, from one coach to another, Brad, you teach humility. I teach that there's no honor and shame. So, you know, we're of not the same kind of coaching philosophy. Um, but what I'm seeing out of the National League this year is that Atlanta is tired of the shame. Uh, Milwaukee is tired of the shame. And now they're both divisional leaders what can you make of these two teams, especially with the different starts that they got? I mean, Milwaukee came off to a terrible start, and now they're division leaders almost at the All-Star break. Yeah, I mean, they're a young team, and you kind of saw it coming a little bit last year. And, and man, young teams that get hot, they're scary. You know, they got some good bats in their lineup, and they, they got okay staff. And, I mean, I don't know, watch out for them. But the Braves... You know, they're, they're no joking. Same thing. You know, just a young team that's got some really good bats. You got, you got Freeman, um, and you got the new guy Hakuna, who's came off hot and he's figuring some things out. But I mean, watch what what he can do, and and uh, I like the Braves, man. I actually got a little inside scoop for y'all. We got uh, Mike Brumley. He's head of hitting development, and he lives here in South Lake comes and works with some of our guys and and he's really excited about their young guys and what they can do so i mean the way it sounds if if, if they don't do something this year man they can gain some momentum and i think they're gonna be a good team over the next you know, three four five years and and they got that new stadium so. so so you're saying to bet futures on the atlanta braves what you're telling me yeah yeah they got some young guys man they've been They've been building, so they'll be fun to watch. They, they need to get a few arms, for sure. Speaking of betting, uh, you know, we're, we're uh, in the dog days of summer, and now we only can bet on baseball. Um, give us some teams to where we can hit some overs, uh, or maybe some teams we can hit some unders on, because right now 
We have the over on seven runs in the Astros and Rays game, and it's one to one. We are not looking good. We need some help with betting lines. <laughs> oh man, betting is not my thing, but I think it should be since since it is legal now. But uh, man, if you're talking about some upsets and some underdogs, don't bet on the Rangers. That's for sure. I can tell you that. Oh, we but, just we're just uh, more worried about the uh, the run scored in games. Yeah, we we need a team that yeah team that's going to score a lot or never score. Um, I mean, some teams that are going to score a lot. I mean, go back to the Braves. I mean, with Freddie Freeman holding it down, and he's hitting like almost three fifty right now with about fifteen bombs and twenty doubles. So, I mean, you look at you look at that team. I would take the over on them. Is that right? Over? Yeah, that's scoring runs. Yep. So, I would take the over on them. Um, I mean, can't go wrong with the Yankees scoring a lot of runs. Teams that won't, I like that pick with, with the Rays. They're uh, they're struggling a little bit. Hmm. I don't follow. I don't. I don't follow the losing teams. Like would would have been good. I like to watch hitters. Would have been good to know tonight. Thanks a lot, Brad. Fucking <laughs> Brad's and Chad's just screwing us over hey, here. Don't sleep on the Astros, man. They can put up. Well, that's what yeah, I figured. Not tonight. Not on a Tuesday, that's apparently. That's what I figured. <laughs> well, that's why you don't bet. Uh, terrible advice from Brad to end our segment. Uh, Brad, <laughs> we appreciate you calling in. We're going to try to get you on later this season. This might be really bad, but I do got to say one thing. I don't know if y'all heard in the Austin area, but your man right here hit a home run at the ballpark in Arlington, won 10 grand off-season tickets. So... You know, if if you want to take a bet, maybe maybe talk to JD and get me in the lineup. Wait, you, Wait, you elaborate, hit a home run? Yeah, elaborate a little more on that. Give us the whole the whole story. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I had a dad that I uh, that I was coaching for. He's got a bunch of season tickets, and you know, you get to pick somebody to go hit for you, or you can do it yourself. And I went out and hit a couple home runs, and it's a little contest that they have for the season ticket holders and. And uh, yeah, so and Grant with a wood bat. So oh, hum- little a little guy. humble brag from uh, our our buddy Brad. I love it, dude. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So so yeah, did you get the season right tickets or did you get the ten thousand dollars? Ten grand. Oh, I got a hundred on on Venmo. So hey, <laughs> nothing wrong with that. It's good enough for me. Put it, put it all on the Astros over tomorrow night. <laughs> there you go. Yes, we'll have you again soon. Appreciate you calling in, and uh, yeah, we'll talk again to you. Let us know next time you're in Austin. Dude, I know I've been saying I need to come out, but I really do. Um, maybe sometime after the All-Star break, catch the end of the summer, and maybe we go tubing a little bit for old time's sake. Let's do it, buddy. Let's do it, buddy. Good to hear from you, man. Thanks for calling All in. Right. All right. Love you guys. Later. And that was Coach Brad, obviously with a worse coaching philosophy than my own. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying. All right, that was Brad Padilla getting us all caught up on some Major League Baseball. We're going to hit a quick break and talk some U.S. Open recap coming out of that. We'll be right back with some more sports buzz. Well, y'all come back now, you hear? Do you feel the buzz or is it just me? Trust me, something in the 
there just to love me Something like a dream state, you call it a clean break Do you feel the vibes, baby? Do you feel the vibes? Welcome back to the Sports Buzz. I'm your host, Dale. Got a full house in here tonight. We're going to talk a little U.S. Open recap since uh, you guys now, decided, decided to uh, neglect neglect the U.S. Open last week. That was Hermitude. Jesus Christ. You guys see what I'm dealing with here. Um, Son, maybe I'm not getting through to you. Yeah, they actually don't see anything. So, Well, they hear what I'm dealing with. Kudos to us. Oh, good God. Uh, did you guys watch any of this at all? Yeah. Did you? I mean, I watched a little bit of it. I watched, I mean, it was a shit show. Was, I watched it until it got unwatchable. I kept getting just lit up on my notifications with, hey, there's a shit show going on in golf. So, mm-hmm. naturally, I tuned in. Yeah. Yeah, there, it was a shit show. Uh, just like in 04, when they had it at Shinnecock Hills, uh, the course was extremely difficult again. Uh... Pretty much unfair. Hey, hey, by the way, if I would have known it was playing at Shinnecock Hills, we would have talked about it last week. Just making cock jokes the whole time? No, it's a prestigious golf course. It deserves the... Oh, you actually know what Shinnecock is? (laughs) Yeah, that's what I thought. What do you know about Shinnecocks? Shiny cocks? No, Shinnecocks. Shiny shiny cock? Uh, (laughs) I heard that joke made on on, uh, Twitter quite a bit. I heard that course is real firm. Yeah, real firm. (laughs) It actually was playing... Super firm. You know, with 18 Shinnecocks, it's going to be a hard course. So, Shinnecock Hills... I think there's a lot of lost balls at Shinnecock. ...was designed in the... I want to say that 1870s or 1890s or something. It's an old course. You know, Chad, if you're not careful, you can get your balls real wet. Are you, are you done? Are you done? Can I can I have my moment? Yeah, just there's for a, a lot second? of furry shit too along uh, the sides of it. I thought you were taking a pause. Can I have my moment for dramatic effect? Just let me talk about fucking golf for a second. Uh, they're up proceed in the, about Shinnecock. They're up in the in Southampton in the in the Hamptons in New York. So, um, and that was golf. Yeah, that's it. That's all we got. <laughs> <laughs> uh, obviously, there's a lot of big names that missed the cut: Tiger, Jason Day, Bubba Watson, um, a couple other big time major winners. So a lot of major championships that didn't make the cut. It was really, really tough on Thursday and Friday when the wind started blowing. I just have one question for you. What's your one question? So I watched it for the lowlights, obviously. Um, did anyone even score in the negatives? No. Okay. No, the, the okay. winners finished over par. Um, Dustin Johnson was running away with this thing on Thursday and Friday. He had it up to four under after the second round, and pretty much everybody – who watches golf was like, yeah, this thing's over. He's running away with it. Um, nobody's going to catch him. Well, that didn't happen. Not so fast. Saturday was about as hard uh, conditions as you can get out there. It, they couldn't hold the ball on the green. Um, the USGA came out again after doing the same thing in 2004 and said that the course got away from them. Uh, a few of the pin placements were pretty much unplayable. Uh, a lot of the players echoed those those thoughts um and by the way there is nothing more satisfying than listening to a bunch of golf pros bitch about how hard it is that they have to go out and and go play golf that's what i loved about it being being someone who plays pretty regularly and i do have a single handicap it makes me so not to brag happy humble brag so you get a certain parking spot when you go to like uh yeah yeah right up front 
Um, it made me so happy to see these guys who are supposed to be the best in the world struggling the way I and I think all of us would struggle on a regular golf course. So you're telling me that these professionals who get paid complained about having to play like the average golfer? On basically the toughest golf course in the world. Yeah, they did complain. I mean, I don't think I've ever played a round of golf where they came out and watered the green before I came up to the hole. No, so, no, they had to do that back in 04. Yeah. So well, Who could uh, forget 04? I mean, I remember it. So, um, so I think this this whole segment for golf is a, a a nice little please. I'll tell you before we before up. we talk about yeah before we talk about before we talk about the uh, I, I will get I just want to say real fast that I I after the performance that these guys had this week this this segment had no business being in the pro show because they all look like amateurs on the golf course should have been in the amateur hour and yeah. I know I put the show guide together but that's a little bit of. Uh, oversight on my end, which I will I'll I say, apologize. I'll for. say you, you're probably right on that. This this should have been an amateur hour segment, but uh, here we are talking about it in the pro show. You know, this is this is classic pro show golf because uh, you know a big normal round of applause for the USGA because they put them on skates this weekend. Yeah, they did. I'm a big USGA fan. <laughs> I don't really have a favorite golfer, but USGA all the way. No. <laughs> so let me guys tell you the story of the weekend uh was hit me Dale. it was a an amateur who who did local qualifying was the uh actual mid mid amateur who qualified for this thing uh they have an amateur championship the mid am it's just older guys uh this guy matt par parzile parzali something like that i need ballad to read this name ballad, get this name right <laughs> no <laughs> he uh he's actually a firefighter in in boston massachusetts or somewhere in Massachusetts, he qualifies for the U.S. Open, makes a cut, beats out the likes of Tiger Woods and those other names I named, um, ends up tied for low am at the U.S. Open. Just a really cool story. Had a really good swing. He got to play with Steve Stricker on Sunday. Um, Is that the same guy that qualified for the Masters? Uh, yes. Okay. By by winning the mid-am, you qualify for the majors. Okay. Uh, so he got to... Uh, to play the Masters didn't didn't fare well there. Uh, Doug Gim, the kid from UT, was a low M at the Masters, but uh, Parzali ends up tied for uh, the low M score at plus sixteen. So pretty cool story there. Uh, plus sixteen had him at a tie for forty eighth. So not bad, not bad. He made the cut, which is pretty damn impressive to begin with. Um, but uh, let's let's talk about. One one big event that happened on Saturday. You guys may have seen the. Yeah, let uh, me say this. That's this amateur whatever. That's not the fucking story of the weekend. It's <laughs> Phil Mickelson sticking it to the man, quick raking it, and hitting a ball while it's rolling on the green. Literally, that was the fucking story. I don't know uh, anything about this amateur. I never heard of it. I looked at golf stuff on everything, and it had nothing about this guy. Well, because everybody makes about Phil Mickelson. Everybody makes a big deal because it's Phil. If it would have been this amateur, Matt Parzali, they would never heard about it. But Phil hits a putt on Saturday, and the greens are so fast that this thing is... He had probably a six-foot putt. He blew it by about eight feet and started chasing after it. While it's clearly still rolling down the hill, Phil gets up there and just quick rakes it, taps it up towards the hole, which... People wanted him disqualified. They wanted him to withdraw. They wanted to lynch him. Dude, they, they thought they thought that he much. should. They should just kill Phil. They were freaking. The golf world was freaking out. And I think so. I've heard different different uh, speculations on this. 
Um, some people say it was Phil trying to get back at the USGA saying, you know, this is a joke. If y'all aren't going to take this seriously, then I'm not going to take it seriously. Other people think that he just had a kind of a brain fart and was like, yeah, I'm not going to go all the way down and hit this out of the bunker after it goes all the way down the green. Here's the deal. All right. Everyone can read this story. How do you feel about it? Like you play golf all the time. How do you actually feel about this? It it made me laugh, man. I, I didn't freak out. I didn't think anything horrible about it but i mean it's either phil goes and does that gets a two-stroke penalty or that ball goes all the way off the green possibly into a bunker where he hits four five maybe six more shots Uh uh-uh here's the thing sergio sat there at the masters and watched shot after shot after shot roll into the drink well sergio couldn't go up and and hey no uh You'd be surprised yeah. how fast that little Spaniard can run. He's pretty old now. Uh, yeah, he's still little. I didn't call him young. He's valid <laughs> knows. Talk to him. Uh, Talk to him. But I've been trying to get people on this hashtag for years now. Hashtag, ring up Phil. We're tired of it. He's left-handed, which, first of all, it's wrong. It's wrong. So, let me tell you that. Uh, but Phil Mickelson has some damn respect for, for the, the game. For the game, yeah. You got a green jacket at home. If you're not going to wear it, show me that you care. Well, you can't actually wear a green jacket year-round. You can only wear it oh, at the, the Masters. Club. Yeah, you only get it for a year when you win it, and then you have to put it back in the locker room. Here's the thing. The USGA needs to treat this like the steroids issue in baseball. Baseball's back, baby. And uh, you know what? Maybe Phil Mickelson needs to lose his professional card and work his way back into it. Yeah, oh, my okay. gosh. Way overblown, dude. Way yeah. overblown. However, let me say this. This is just smart. Like, I don't see how this is not smart. Like, what if he, like, he is that? playing. It doesn't matter. He's playing within the rules. If the rule is you take a two-stroke penalty if you hit the ball while it's rolling, and that is actually going to help you, why the fuck not? What I don't you, see why not. And what if he would have made it? That quick rake? If it, that oh, would have gone in, it lipped better. out. It yeah. lipped out. It would have been better. And he ends up making a 10. So so it, it it's crazy. This is like a this is like a penalty almost, right? Yeah. So this is I mean it's called a penalty, right? It's a two stroke penalty. Two stroke yes. penalty. So it's the same thing as a player in basketball getting a flagrant foul or a technical foul. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you have to get it. You have to do it that to help pump your team up. Maybe this is what Phil needed. It was a yeah. flagrant too. Either way, either way, it still hurts the player regardless of all the pump. Honestly, I, I think my this ass off. the USGA needs to do this. Every time there's a penalty assessed, no matter what it is, you find the golfer a certain amount of money. That way, you're making them actually play the game a certain way. I'm just saying it makes sense. Because let me tell you this. That course was so much bullshit, I turned it off. I absolutely turned it off. It's pretty tough. Um, I'm, but- I'm just surprised and everyone's surprised that Phil, the guy who got accused of insider trading, was cheating on the golf. Ah! <laughs> is this really so surprising to everybody? Are we not sure that Phil doesn't do this on every hole? You know, the cameras can only follow so many guys at a time. I, I'm not I'm not sure that this is the first time Phil's done this. Yep. Hashtag Phil's dirty. And by the way, I did this. I've done this at least 100 times in my life. And, <laughs> yeah. I, and I, they never ca- charged me any strokes. Oh, the good, old, the good old quick rake. You, know, you got to have it. Um, all right, let's talk about you the, get the minus strokes. Because it's harder. Everyone can hit a ball that's sitting still. They hit a ball that's rolling. That That's hard to do. Let's, let's talk about Sunday. Because Sunday... Got pretty exciting. Three, four guys tied for the lead at three over, starting the day off. Um, Dustin Johnson being one of those guys. 
along with Brooks Kapka, defending champion from last year at Aaron Hills, another really difficult course. Uh, Brooks goes out and starts this thing off early. I think he was two under through three holes. Patrick Reed got hot early. Uh, he shot four under on the front. Um, a couple other guys started going low. Uh, Tommy Fleetwood, coach, you were talking about him before the before the round. That's my boy. The flow from Tommy Fleetwood. I'm a big Tommy Fleetwood fan. Uh, he actually tied a U.S. Open record and had a chance to break the U.S. Open record on 18. Um, just missed his birdie putt to shoot 62, which would have been the lowest round in U.S. Open history. Um, and honestly, halfway through the day, I thought Fleetwood was going to win this thing without even having to go to a playoff. It was so. So Spencer, I love your recap and all. I don't give a shit about the recap of this tournament. Let me tell you why. I could not stand this tournament. So I rather talk about how you feel this tournament went and what it's like moving forward. Because let's be honest, it turned people away. Yeah, I get. I get that. You know, for a single handicap like yourself, liking to see people struggle. Oh yeah, they get ratings based off of people viewing in and watching this tournament. Average golfers or below average golfers that genuinely like to watch golf sometimes if it's good golf, like really good golf, turned out turned it off. Sure. Like myself. I mean, I would have watched Sunday, but I didn't even watch Sunday because it was not even worth watching to me. So moving forward, like what needs to change or does anything need to change in your eyes? Because again, you know, you liked the tournament. You thought that the course was probably easy enough to play. You liked to see them struggle, and it was a battle on Sunday. Even though no one shot under par, if I went to this tournament and I saw no birdies, I'd have been pissed. Yeah. Well, and that's that's the thing is is people want to say there was no big names. Well, the number one player in the world was in contention. You had Patrick Reed. I didn't say there's no big well, names. Well, no, 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 not you. But well, I, I'm talking to you I'm, directly about right. this. I'm not talking about that shit. So, to, to put it in perspective... I think what the USGA needs to figure out is what their identity is going to be going forward because they come out and play all these courses and set all these courses up as hard as they possibly can and put five, six inch rough everywhere and then make the greens roll at a 14 or 15 on the stint meter. I gave her some five, six inch rough this weekend. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) (laughs) And And what I know, Shinnecock Hills. They uh, then they come out and try and you know crawfish she polish the balls afterwards. Always, they try and crawfish their way out of it and say, "Oh, well, we got the course got away from us. The wind got us. The greens got too hard. We should have watered more." Blah blah blah. It's like if you want it to be the toughest test in golf, if you want it to be as hard as this week was, then just make every single U.S. Open that hard and tell the players to shut the fuck up. Honestly. But if you want it to be ratings-wise, I don't know how the ratings were this year. I haven't found a number on it yet. Terrible. But, uh, I mean, if you're going to go ratings-wise, then just play play AT&T, uh, play Pebble Beach every year, which is where it'll be next year, and that'll be a way easier course. Let me ask you this, then. When you're talking about ratings, right, you're going to have to go to the ratings. That's where the money is. Sure. That's where all the money is. There wouldn't be no PGA without the ratings. Absolutely. According, according to Awful Announcing, Fox U.S. Open final round coverage saw the third lowest viewership ever. Mm. Yeah. It's on Fox. So, That's so Although major, Yahoo, all Yahoo says U.S. ratings improve, but still down overall. So <laughs> it's the internet who really knows. Yeah. They were, they were awful. All right. Yeah. So 
moving forward, especially knowing viewership, let's be honest, golf has died since Tiger Woods has not been relevant. All right? We talked way too much about golf. However, I think this is important because... Yeah, because you guys are running off on other tangents talking about shiny cock and all sorts of fucking no, 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 five, no, six inch no, rough. I, I don't care about a fucking recap. I really care about how you feel about this shit because for me, I love playing golf. Like, I'm yeah. terrible at golf, but I love playing golf. And it sucks going to watch a tournament. Let's say for people that are members there. Mm-hmm. Like, if I get a membership at a golf course, I hope that they actually take care of their shit. But that's another tangent, right? However, you know, looking at it and then wanting to increase ratings because it hasn't been to where it was when Tiger Woods was actually doing his thing. Yeah, It's been down ever since then. Putting a course like that, it's just disrespectful to the golfers that are trying to actually make a name for themselves. That's in my mind. You know, actually a guy trying to watch the sport because... Yeah, I, I understand what you're, where you're coming from. And this course was absurdly hard and unfair in my opinion at certain points um and and yes i do think that a a tournament like that and a course like that has a place in golf one time a year and that's the u.s open the u.s open should be the toughest test in golf it's the biggest field in golf um you anybody can qualify for the u.s open i mean you, you got a firefighter from massachusetts who qualifies um it's supposed to be the toughest test and you go to the british open and play these old courses yeah they're a little different a little different setup link style course but the wind starts blowing that course is totally different it starts raining that that course is totally different i think this kind of thing has a has its place in golf once a year because this coming week at the travelers these guys are going to go out and shoot 20 under par in four rounds so um uh, I I enjoy it just that one time a year, that one week a year, uh, just because it makes these guys look human again. And what Brooks Kapka did on Sunday to go back to back U.S. Opens, only three other people have ever done it, and uh, it's something special. I mean, Brooks is Brooks has got some serious game on him. But what you're really telling me is the USGA just needs to step their Twitter game up. Hire whoever the hell is doing Twitter for Wendy's and then just start insulting players directly. Because, I mean, at this point, like, I'm sorry, if you're a professional getting paid to, yeah, quit to being play a golf, bitch. like, I don't care how hard the course is. Like, every course is hard for me, whether I know it or not. Everybody plays the same course sucks, that you play. So, every mean, guy out there plays the exact same course you play. Not there, though. Not, in the morning, not at this tournament. In the morning, it, it was a lot. changed so much from the morning to the night. Yes. Or morning to the evening. Yes. So it wasn't even the same course. No. You play the same pins. Yes. We've hit our golf talk. For the next two weeks. Quota for the summer. <laughs> so we got we to gotta put a pencil on this one and move on. Right, Short well, pencil, no to, eraser. To next, first impressions. What's the last thing you got to say? <laughs> next time you guys uh, let me talk golf, can you not interrupt half of it? No, no. we'll talk. Uh, we'll talk a lot less. We're not going to get. No, that. definitely not. I mean, All right, fine. Especially just recap. Maybe no you show up the week before the second biggest golf tournament of the season. Okay, what's next, Ballad? Next, we're going into first impressions. Yeah, baby. Baseball style. We mm. talked to Brad earlier in the show. Let's see if any of the advice that he gave us plays into our first impression. Probably not. We're <laughs> Almost we are fucked. Zero percent chance. So first, we've got. The uh, all these games are on Wednesday, by the way. Uh, the first one is the Cardinals taking on the Phillies. Uh, for the Cardinals, you've got Michael Wachuka. Is that right? Yeah. 
Yeah, and uh, Jake Arietta pitching. Uh, this game is in Pennsylvania. Guys, pick a winner. What's your first impression? I'll start with you, Dale. Uh, I was just listening to you say those names. What were the teams again? Uh, Cardinals, Phillies. Ooh. I'll take the Cardinals. It's a gridiron game, man. Uh, Coach? I'm trying to think of who this pitcher's actual name is. I can't even picture it because of how... Michael Wacha. W-A-C-H-A? Waka? Waka? Yeah. yeah. See, Uh, if it was Waka, there should be a K. (laughs) You know... I'm no, I'm not that far off base here. Watcha. That's that's how it should be. Didn't pronounced. he say Watchika the first time? Yeah, like, <laughs> Chad just agreed. He's like, yeah, that's right. Uh-huh. It doesn't even put it on the board. It's fine. Uh, you know what? I'm going all Cardinals because fuck Delaware. Uh, I'm thinking the home team here. Give me the Philadelphia Phillies. Chadwick. Me. Yeah. Give me whoever's the opposite of you. And who's you? You. Okay. So you got the Cardinals. I got the Cardinals. All right. <laughs> Uh, next, we got the Brewers right, and yeah. the Pirates. Uh, this game is taking place in Pittsburgh mm. on the mound for the Brewers. You've got Brent Sutter and for the Pirates, Chad Cool. Mm. Cool. C H U L. Cole? Cool. Um, Chad, you get to go first. What's your first impression? Give me the Milwaukee Brewers. The Brewers. Oh, you're not going to go with the guy whose name is Chad Cool? Nope. Going Wisconsin. Scanson. Uh, Wisconsin, yeah. Scanson. Uh, I'm going the other way. I'm, I'm taking I'm taking Chad in this one. Give me the Pirates. Mm. Coach? I love to pillage. It's actually one of my favorite hobbies, so I will go with the Pirates. There you go. Did you say pillage or pilferage? Pillage. Da- Daly, you love to drink beer. So you, I guess you got to go with the Brewers on that logic, <laughs> don't you? Brewers. I am going to take the Brewers just there for that logic. Go. I love it. There we go. Uh, next one, the Mets it's probably, it's probably. and the Rockies. Guys, I'm going to a Rockies game on Sunday. I'll be in Denver. It's going to be a... Hella good time. It's going to be a doozy. Uh, For the Mets, you got Seth Lugo. You're going to be a mile high. I yeah. think you meant Dizzy. And uh, for more the Rockies, ways than one. we got Chad Bettis on the mound. Um, Dale, first impression. Mets, you, Rockies. Who'd you say was going for the Mets? Uh, Seth Lugo. Oh, yeah. And for the Rockies? Uh, Chad Bettis. Mm. Got to go with the Chad. You know, I'm going to stick with the Chad. Home field advantage up there at mile high. You're going to be mile high in more ways than one. Yeah, I'm going to skip coach and take the Rockies as well, too. I'm going to cheer for the home team here. Uh, coach, what's your first impression? Uh, you didn't choose the Chad last time you went to Brew Crew. so No, I took the Chad last time. No, I'm talking to the host guy. Well, yeah, because I didn't choose the Chad last time. I got to take the Chad this time. I'm a time. Chad guy all day. Everyone knows that. I'm all about Chad Bro Chill. Uh, and the chillest place is in Colorado, so let's go Rockies. Chad? Do I be contrarian on this? I, I mean, give me contrarian. Take them all. Me. Chads and Brads are terrible. <laughs> Fucking Chads and Brads all over this podcast tonight. <laughs> Chads and Brads everywhere. I hate them all. Last game, the Rangers are going to take on the Royals in Kansas City. For the Rangers, we got Austin Bibbins Dirks. That can't be right. And then uh, for the Royals, Jacob Junis. Jacob spelled J-A-K-O-B. Someone needs to slap his mother. Well, it's spelled um, with a K because all he does is get strikeouts. I mean, Jacob. Hmm. Jacob? <laughs> I hate you so much. <laughs> <laughs> Chad, what's your first impression? Uh, honestly, I don't remember what you said, so give me the Royals. All right. <laughs> they, they're playing in this game, right? Yep. Yeah. Right. I'm taking the Rangers in this one, of course. You don't go say. With my, my boys from Arlington. Coach, you don't get to pick. <laughs> <laughs> just told you I'm riding with Chad Brochill 
we're chilling all the way on the Royals. And Dale, last for spring. Yeah, I'll never pick the Rangers. They're horrible this year. I'm going to take the Royals. How dare you? <laughs> How so bad dare you? They're so bad. Hey, they won on Father's Day, though, so that was cool. Yeah, their pitcher, Austin, is 0-1 and has an ERA of 6.5. Oh, that's good. I'm that's not a good baseball numbers. guy, but I'm pretty sure that is awful. It's yeah. good numbers. Sure. But they're playing on the road, so who knows. <laughs> um, guys, let's get into our nightcap, sponsored by Strangeland Brew. Here for every Sorry, I just opened occasions. one. It's my bad. Does anybody need one? I'll open another one. Uh, I'm good right now, but guys, uh, Dale told me the NBA draft was tonight, and that is not the case. I thought it was. I kept was, seeing previous. He was too hyped about the uh, U.S. Open. Yeah, so I thought by this time we'd be recapping the NBA draft in the in the first couple of picks, but it looks like we're just going to preview it. So, expert, why don't you tell us what the hell's going on with this? The NBA draft that I didn't even know they did. I just thought they just kind of scattered on. players Before about. we talk about the draft, can we talk about... Puma basketball is that a thing? That's yeah. a thing now. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's let's, let's hit talk on about that before that, you go draft. That's pretty interesting. Um, Puma tried to launch a while back in basketball. I think it was like 2008 or something was the last time they actually tried to get in basketball. So it's been about 10 years. And uh, you have DeAndre Ayton signed with Puma. You had Marvin Bagley number third. one and number two pick. Uh, well, we don't know because the draft's not tonight. Well, so we'll have to be- wait to see. But yes, <laughs> but yes. I mean, the likely one and two. Both with Puma, as well as them hiring Jay-Z. Yeah, some guy named Jay-Z. As the director of something. He's high up. That's all I know is that he's high up in Puma now. I guess as a basketball ambassador. Director of Hoba. <laughs> yeah, could be true. I don't know. Either way, he, uh, he's, got a high, he's got a high position in Puma now, so I don't know what's going to happen. It's going to be interesting because he is the president of Rock Nation. Yeah, who yeah. also does a lot of stuff in the NBA. So sports agency means, stuff. Yep. You already know I'm buying a suede Puma Rockaware jersey this year. <laughs> Celtic green. Instead Bay. of the Yeezys, they're coming out with the JZZs. The JZZs. Pumas. Suede slippers. I'm interested to see what the shoe looks like. They went to it from the floor, so they don't have shoes. Only touch wood, baby. I'm interested to see what the shoes look like. Because Puma's always been notoriously like racing and more fashion kind of shoes. No, man, well, they're soccer. huge in soccer. Well, soccer, soccer. soccer I mean, yeah, they're the premier soccer. Yeah. So football. It's gonna be interesting to see how they take that technology into basketball. I think it's dumb. I don't know. I I just don't see it. Um, but if hey, Jay Z's involved, I trust it. Here's uh, the thing. I think Puma is really gonna break. He was in. involved with the Nets. Look how that turned out. They're gonna break into the FIBA market. <laughs> And really take over European basketball. The Ball Brothers, they're already there. So God damn it, Chad. You're going to you're gonna branch into Triple B brand, you know. I almost, so the, the, four I major almost brands, the four major brands in basketball. I almost spit Nike, out my beer. Nike, Adidas, Puma, BBB. Yeah. I, I almost spit out my Watch fucking out beer on that one, Chad. Well, you had the Nets, so. All right, tell us about the draft. Let's get into what really matters. Yeah, so, uh, of course, you have the Suns. Uh, you know, they, uh, they got the first pick in the draft. We'll see what, what's just going to happen. Uh, with a lot of the free agents, I think it's going to be interesting to see what the teams do, if they plan on them coming back or not. Um, it's, I mean, Cleveland has what the 13th overall pick, so they're going to need someone to back up LeBron if LeBron stays. So that's a huge pick. Uh, if they get Trey young, he is gone, uh, just because of that pick because Trey Young is trash. <laughs> I hope he doesn't hope he doesn't get drafted. Uh, but hey, you've, been saying, thing, you've been saying he needs a shooter around him. Trey Young's a shooter. Tr- yeah, he can shoot 30%. Other than that, he's worthless. Um, <laughs> and that's so, as high when he shoots 25 or more shots. Yeah, it's it's pretty bad. 
He definitely has Steph Curry range, but not like the accuracy. Um, so the NBA basketball. This is the thing, Chad, though, that bothers me the most about Trey Young. Tell me. I mean, get that guy some Rogaine. He's got LeBron hair already. I mean, what is the deal? Uh, (sighs) So he actually talked about this. Um, It's genetic. So nothing you do about it. Uh, But yeah, let me let me tell you this, guys. The thing that I love about the NBA draft over any other draft is all the trades. There are trade after trade after trade after trade. Um, It's more exciting than any other draft. Because you're constantly having a guy put on one hat and then take it off five five minutes later. Um, a lot of times you're getting interviewed and then they find out they're traded. Yeah. So it's pretty cool to see what happens. All right, so I do have a couple questions for you, expert. Hit me. Who do you think is going number one overall? I think DeAndre Ayton goes number one overall. I is think there is there a reason behind that? Do you think he's just better? Be, just because the Suns worked him out and the only player they, they really worked out. Okay. Um, I mean, they... I it, I don't see them going Marvin Bagley. Um, I see them going Aiden or the guy from from where is he from? Um, yeah, the the guy from Europe. The guy from Europe. Uh, it's just one of those things. So all right. Um, and being that we're a podcast in Austin, Texas, uh, obviously I care a lot about um, Mo Bamba. Mo I've seen Bamba. that he's the third overall prospect, and I have seen. Mock drafts of him going five to Dallas. Where do you think Bamba ends up? It's a good question. It's going to, it's going to depend on a team wanting to develop him. Like he, he, he has to develop an outside shot. Yeah. He showed it a little bit at Texas, but he has a lot of work to do on top of that. He has to put a lot of weight on. So he's going to be a project Dallas. I don't see how he fits in there with Dirk right now. Um, he just will clog the middle of the paint. It, it just, to me, it doesn't make a lot of sense. I'll see him either going four. Oh, who, who picks four again? Um, I've seen that a lot. I've seen I, that a lot. I, I think he goes either four or he'll push off to like seven or eight. Uh, the game has shifted away from big men. Like it, it's crazy to me that a lot of teams still draft a, a center in the first 15 picks unless he's you know Giannis and Tedekumpo it doesn't make any sense or Anthony Davis it, it, it makes zero sense to draft one that high but so here's the thing it, that I'm reading right now is that Mo Bamba does not want to go four to the Memphis Grizzlies which is why they're projecting him five at Dallas okay I mean I can I can love it I can see why they say that because Mark Gasol's there uh but Memphis would probably draft him and trade him real quick that's the thing about the NBA draft is that they'll draft the best player and then get someone to trade for him. Yeah. It's just what it is. Didn't Mo Bamba in his combine run like a fastest recorded time of one of the workouts? For his position, maybe. I heard something a couple weeks ago about... in, in the, the NBA draft combine wasn't that long ago. Or last week or something. I, I'm just saying. I, yeah, I, yeah, I, got I heard you. something that Mo Bamba in one of the workouts set like a record... For that workout, um, I mean, he was even getting comparisons just based on the workout, obviously, yeah. to guys like Russell Westbrook. I mean, guards, yeah. shooting guards, and stuff like that. So, yeah, I mean, do you think Mo Bamba's is the center of the new age of of basketball, where he's not only a center but he's more than that? Um, yeah, I mean, I think he can be. Uh, I think that he needs to put on some weight, but he can definitely stretch the floor if he puts his mind to it. And, and can step behind the arc. 
Again, the center position right now and the way basketball is being played is pretty much obsolete. Those guys need to be bangers on the glass. They need to go get the rebounds so that they can, you know, actually contribute. Because right now it's all threes. Threes dominate the game. So in my eyes, if you're looking one through 15, you go get a guy who has a high three-point percentage um, or it's a guy who's going to be able to change something. Marvin Bagley, to me, is the best player in this draft. I don't know why teams are passing on him. He's gonna he's so athletic. He's going to be able to do so much more than any other player. It is beyond me why he's not being talked as the number one overall pick. I'm right there on your side. I'm a big fan of Marvin Bagley the third. That's going to do it for us tonight, though. Stay tuned. We'll give you a draft recap next week. Uh, go ahead and watch it on Thursday night. Let us know. Uh, how we did. If Not Chet- tonight, Thursday night. Thursday night. I said Thursday night. Uh, just, no, Asshole. No. Thursday. Uh, and see if our expert or any of us were anywhere close to any Thursday. predictions. Coach Chad, thanks for being here, fellas. Ballad, thanks for pressing buttons. Thank you to our mascot, Domingo the Flamingo. I'm your host, Spencer's Film, and we're the Sports Buzz, and we are out. Peace. I thought you might enjoy 7.5 gallons of pure premium propane. <laughs>